You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast, your podcast for all things Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. I'm your host, Matt, and I have here with me today, David. Greetings. And Kylie. Hi. We're doing a Know Thine Enemy today, as you've probably seen in the title already, and we're talking about Denethor, who is much maligned, a very interesting character in the overall scope of the series, and I think we'll be passing over to David to perhaps give a bit of the lore behind Denethor. Okay, um, Denethor got a really bad rap in the movies and the later section of the book where he went crazy and tried to set fire to Minas Tirith and a few other things. But the thing that a lot of people miss is this is a character who deserves our pity. He was a strong man, proud but not without reason. He was tasked with the defence of a city that could not hold. He fought the long defeat. He struggled in war after war against Sauron as his forces were driven back, broken apart. Osgiliath burned. It was a man who tried his best, but his best wasn't good enough. Finally, in desperation, he turned to the Palantir. None had dared to use it. It had been sitting there in... Think that final vault, which contains the weapons which must never be used. They have been sealed away, for we dare not destroy them. He engaged pretty much in a one-to-one mental struggle with Sauron himself, and for a while he endured... Eventually, however, it broke him, and yeah, he went crazy and tried to burn the place down. But for a time, he did battle with Sauron himself, and he gained some information, it aided the cause, at great personal cost as well, let's not forget. So, this is pretty much the hero of the age. Tragic hero of the age, maybe, but nonetheless, hero of the age. Kylie, what are your thoughts on Denethor, the tragic figure? I don't know what to think anymore. After that spiel? That spiel has blown my mind into how I think about Denethor. Well, that's the thing. In the movie, you only saw him once his mind was broken, but his men were loyal to the point where even when he went crazy and started giving orders like, hey, let's set fire to everything, such was their loyalty that they had built through years of knowing what a great man he was that even after he went crazy, they still served him out of memory of his glory. Brilliant. Thank you, David. So that's the law behind Denethor. Now let's delve into that profile. Kylie, can we have that for us, please? Um, sure, I'm still trying to recover from the <laughs> mental anguish that I'm currently going through and trying to comprehend what I've just heard, but I will give it my best shots. So we have Denethor Stuart of Gondor. He is a man. He is 30 points all up. Move 6, obviously. He's fight 5 with a shoot value of 4+. plus. Strength 4, defense 5, 2 attacks, 2 wounds, courage 5. He doesn't have any might, he has three will and no fate. And his war gear is armor, and I believe he also carries a sword for that fainting special strike. He has one special rule called Broken Mine at the start of every turn, before players roll for priority, before players roll This is something for priority. everyone will forget at least once if they ever use Denethor. The good player must take a courage test for Denethor. If the test is passed, all is fine. If the test is failed, however, Denethor is controlled by the evil player this turn. The only difference between Denethor and other evil models is the good models cannot target Denethor with missile fire, magical powers that cause damage, and cannot strike bows against him if they defeat him in a fight. So essentially, with that special rule, we have a very cheap hero who's able to gain access to a warband quite easily 
for a small cost, but who can also be a detriment to your army potentially. He is two attacks at fight five for 30 points, which is it's hard to pass up, especially since, as you said, he can lead a warband. But two attacks at fight five, you don't really want that turning against you. Yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with Denethor. He's he's like, you. why wouldn't you take him for the 30 points? Because, I mean, it's, it's Gondor. It's it's the land of cheap warband heroes. Because um, you've got Damrod and Baragon else in there as well. But I look at him and go, I really need another warband. I've already taken Baragon. I don't really want Damrod. I have to take Thanathor because I'm doing like a Siddhartha theme army or whatever. He, I, f- I tend to find him pretty useless on the table. He doesn't do much once he's on the table. He occasionally turns around and kills your own guys. And if your opponent has an enemy ring wraith, you generally lose control of him. He's a character I'm not sure about. Okay, so I'm currently running Denethor quite a bit. And the way that I look at him as, he's a character that your opponent doesn't necessarily want to kill. He might, your opponent might want to keep him around for a little while and just see which way the wind blows, see if he can turn him into one of his own models. So in that regard, you can make him a, uh, a target. You could, you could put something onto him that makes your opponent want to kill him and just make it tough a tough decision for your opponent and one that you don't mind either way. He is only 30 points. He can be a liability at the end of the game. If your opponent takes him out, it's not a huge loss for you. Doing something like putting a bodyguard or a leader on him, it's it's quite a risk. It can be. It depends how confident you are with uh, whether those things, losing them is massively important to you, but it, it can make it a tough decision for your opponent. Can I raise a point there with the bodyguard and leader? I quite often put one or quite often both onto Denethor because he is 30 points, which means if you have to withdraw him from the front line to protect his leadership or protect his bodyguard, you're down 30 points. Whereas someone like an Aragon, you can't really afford to remove from danger because they're not 30 points. They are a good number of points. So even then, as I said, he's got a reasonable combat thing. So even if they do sneak some blokes through to him, one game I was playing, Denethor was my leader, Denethor was my bodyguard. I was getting torn apart by can't actually remember who it was, but it was those two attack guys with the axes that you get in the Fallen Realms. Um, they were tearing through my Gondor horde. Um, Reavers. Reavers, right. Yes. So They don't have axes. These they ones can. did. These <laughs> ones did. Right. Of course, I forgot. Anyway, these Reavers, they tore my Gondor apart. There was Denethor standing with this circle of guys around him getting smaller and smaller and smaller until finally it's just Denethor and I think it was Boromir pretty much back to back with one fountain guard and Denethor goes men you have sold you've sold your lives bravely my turn now kills a reaver kills a reaver kills a black Numenorian kills a reaver kills another guy I'm going, why on earth was I protecting this guy <laughs> kills a few more folks yeah he uh, can certainly do some damage in combat for for his 30 points cost quite viable so yeah if I'm- you have to draw him back you're not missing the points. If you have to put him into combat, he's decent at combat. I'd just like to interject just a little quickly. Before you said the two attack guys from the Fallen Realms, I'm just like, I just, I'm sorry. I have to point this out. There are like five different types of two attack models from that book. You've got Reavers, Feral Urukai, Berserkers, Watchers Akana, Half Trolls. Is there any others? I think that's it. That's a huge amount. Like, there's though. five different ones. When you say the two attack ones, I'm looking at Mac going, which model is he talking it about? It doesn't matter which end, one. In the end, I agree with David. It didn't matter. Denethor can take care of any of them. Well, well, maybe not the half-trolls, but any of the others. 
Still, how many points is a half draw? 22. Reavers are Almost 10. as much as, as Denethor. Denethor yeah, true. So, yeah, he, he can do some damage in combat. He's cheap. He brings in a warband. What sucks about Denethor? Every now and then, he kills your own guys. Now, I, I personally consider it bad sportsmanship to take a Warhorn with him. So, I had this game against my brother, where turn one, he killed two of my Fountain Guard with shield. Turn two, he killed two Black Numenorians. Turn three, he killed two Fountain Guard with shield. Turn four, he killed two Black Numenorians. <laughs> we, I've called him Denethor the Butcher since then, because it was him, the Hasharan, and Boromir were pretty much the only people who did anything that game, and neither the Hasharan or Boromir wanted to fight each other, because Denethor was in the way, and they would have had to have killed him to get to the other guy, so they just went off and wiped out each other's army. <laughs> We do have one particularly good story with Denethor, don't we, Kylie? I was present at this game, but Kylie was playing, so I'll let her take over here. Okay, so I was playing a all-spectre army with the Witch King of Angmar, so there was a lot of shenanigans going on with me. We were playing against our good friend Tannen, and he was running his Gondor. Anyway, in this particular instance, Denethor failed his courage test. So I had Denethor wander over to his banner bearer, Helped him out with a couple of spectres and charged his banner bearer. Denethor then proceeded to win the com- uh, to lose the combat. He then took a banner reroll from his own banner and killed his banner. That's right, everyone. He took a banner reroll from the banner that he was attempting to kill, won the combat, and then killed the banner that just helped him win the combat. Now, the reason that this is possible is a particular wording in the rules which means that Denethor is essentially still a good model, but is controlled by evil. Yes, so he doesn't benefit from evil banners, any of their special rules, any of their um, overlays, fury, whatever, but he still better takes the benefits from all of his side's passive effects, such as banners, banners of arm when even styles or what have you. So that's when we got this really weird situation coming on and the look on Tina's face when it happened was priceless yeah it was fantastic it was one of the greatest gaming moments i've been involved with i've heard Tina recount this story and i believe that the banner bearer was the one kill you needed to break him at which yeah. point denethor fled the board from being broken <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> that was one of the other funny parts of that game i think the other very interesting part of that game too was the shade in that army who decided that he would get the most kills in the entire game. More than the Witch King, more than the Spectres, more than the Barrowite, more than any of the other Gondor models. This Shade, uh, by the end of the game, had seven kills because I was using him as a tank and he kept winning combats and kept killing the Gondorians he was fighting. So it's interesting, the parallels there, it's exactly what we're talking about Denethor doing. So very versatile model and adds a bit of chaos. I think... For just the sheer hilarity he brings to a game, he is by far my favourite model. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I, th- I think he, he definitely adds a spice of flavour. Yes. Can I have one last Denethor For story? Sure. Two more, actually. Two more Denethor <laughs> stories. One, quick one, I had a ring wraith. They had Denethor. By the end of the game, uh, we formed a gentleman's agreement at the start of the game, so this was allowed. Denethor was on courage minus two. Um, he formed up into my shield wall, and we marched off together. You know, happy as Larry. Um, and this one was against a fell beast. I believe it had a witch king riding it, or some other suitably nasty hero. It swooped onto the board in that one where you all wander on randomly. There was Denethor and his two fountain guard. Witch king went in, killed two fountain guard. Denethor turned around and said, Wait, no, I'm on your side. The witch king said, What? 
like, yeah, yeah, I'm on your side. You can't kill me this turn. But you've got bodyguard on you. Yeah, precisely. You can't kill me this turn. The Witch King was stuck in a holding pattern, waiting for, you know, Denethor to show any signs of treachery to Mordor before they could kill him. I love that one. That Fantastic. was at a tournament too, I believe, as well. I remember that one very vividly. Um, I'd like to point one more okay, thing out about Denethor. Now, I've been looking at him, for, I've been playing around with him for a bit, especially with the whole Warband things. He's 30 points, and generally there is a point where you can have too many Warbands in your army, especially if you're running Spam Gondor. You want to maximize those points. But the one thing I think we didn't really touch on is Denethor has no might. He is very, very, very liable to this fact. He has no might, and there are some heroes that get benefits from killing enemy heroes, such as Dragonites and stuff, and even Contested Champions, where you get might back for killing enemy heroes, he can actually be an extra point of might for your opponent. Lords of Battle. Yeah, if they know what they're doing. Very few enemies, however, remember that rule. Yeah. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) I always remember that rule. Anyway, sometimes I think it's better to take a 55-point captain or even Kyrion instead of Denethor because they provide more to your army as a whole. Yes, Denethor is very cheap for twenty for 30 points, but I think paying the extra 25 points to upgrade him to a captain, I actually think now is better than taking the 30-point Denethor. Yeah, I definitely I, I see the reasons behind that. I took him to a tournament last year and found that I definitely didn't have enough might in the army and it, and it hamstrung me throughout the tournament. I wish I'd pay. I'd taken two guys out and swapped Denethor up just to a captain, just for the might. Because fight five isn't what it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. The the might makes you, you know, between four and ten. Well, yeah. If you want to fight five to attack hero to lead one of your warbands, take an Art of the White Tower for fifty five points. He's got a might point on him as well, and he can do some serious damage in combat. So yeah, that two hundred fainting with the with the. The double wound sword. But he doesn't have the long sleeve robe and the, you know, just general regal posture. And... That's a great point. Let's have a quick talk about the model. It's quite nice, isn't it? What do you guys think? And this is where I hit a big row bump with Denethor. Yes, if you want to play competitive, you could take the 55-point captain, but I quite like the Denethor model. I totally agree. I painted him recently, and the face in particular I really enjoyed doing. He's got quite some nice lines in his face that you can accentuate. And the robes itself are quite fun to paint too. So yeah, a good surface for freehand on there. The yep. fur is really nice. It's you can get a lot out of the model with very little. And if you do some really nice subtle things with the model and the paint job, you can make it stand out really nice. And having Denethor in a block of like eight fountain court guard looks really cool on the table. And that's the part where I'm struggling with is I want the cool model on the table rather than the extra captain. Very true. He's also got some really nicely sculpted hair. <laughs> and those eyebrows. You oh, know. your eyebrows. <laughs> a cloak and eyebrows. He must be the best model of all time. Is he standing on a rock? You can put him on a rock. No model is above being put on a rock. Even Gandalf on a rock. You can still put it on another rock. You know that like giant rock that sticks through Minas Tirith? Let's put him on that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thanks, guys. Been scores. great talking about Denethor. Uh, let's get some scores in, yeah, David. Um, are we basing him on like these scores on in-game effectiveness it's or personal preference? Whatever you want to base it on, you decide. Personal preference. This is my favorite model to play with. It's got to be a ten on in-game effectiveness. You'd probably go down to about an eight, but personal preference, put him a ten. I am going to give him 
30 points out of 100 because that's how bad he is. Wow, that's that's turned around from earlier, from mind blown to the awesomeness of this character and the loveliness of the model to a, essentially a 3 out of 10, he's crap. Yeah, don't Yeah, lie. okay, yeah. all right. Well, I have enjoyed using him. Uh, my rating is 27 rubber chickens out of 30. He's worth 27 points then. That makes sense, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. That gives us, what, about a 9 out of 10? Yeah, something like that. That that all adds up. So a 3, an 8, no, a 3, an 8, a 9, and a 10. Fantastic. Oh, four scores <laughs> from three people. Got it. <laughs> we had all the different scores there for Denethor. He is a bit eccentric, so it makes sense that we get some eccentric scores. Yes, we'll pay him that. In the darkest hour, hope has been suddenly reborn. Sauron's armies now find themselves embattled upon three fronts. The forces of Rohan drive like a spear into the heart of the Dark Army. To the south, surprise turns to panic as Aragorn leads a host from the ships of the Corsairs, even as Imrahil leads a fresh sortie from the gate. Everywhere the servants of the enemy are in retreat, but madness still lays a claim upon the white city. Denethor's mind has broken, and he has resolved to burn both himself and the gravely wounded Faramir on a funeral pyre. As almost all of his servants follow his insane wishes, only two, Pippin and Beragond, question the steward's wisdom and sanity. Neither will let Faramir be slain by his father, and while Pippin hurries in search of Gandalf, Beragond takes a more direct approach. Blood will soon be spilt on the steps of Rathdenan. So welcome back to a Know Thine uh, scenario, and we're talking about a scenario that has Denethor in it, because funnily enough, we were just talking about Denethor, so we thought that might be a good idea. This is a lovely little scenario. Jeremy, what's it called? Yes, I'm on, and I wasn't talking about Denethor, oh, but it's Jeremy's called... back. Yeah, I'm back. I snuck in for this, just for ambushed them, got in on the podcast, stole a microphone away, I went, and it was great. The Pyre of Denethor is the name of the scenario. It is scenario number 11 from the Return of the King Journey book. Fantastic. So I... I've played this one a few times. I've played it with Kylie. I think I've played it with Jeremy. I've played it with some other people. It's a lot of fun. It's a great little scenario. It only lasts a handful of turns, and it's it's got a little bit of everything in it. It's got some timing. It's got some good stuff. So do we want to go through uh, the turn order and how, how things work in this? Yeah, I'll give a quick quick rundown of what happens. Yeah. So you're on a small board. It's a 12 foot by 12 foot board, so a one inch one foot square, sorry, 12 inch. <laughs> it's a 12 inch by 12 inch square, one foot board. And it's got a, a pyre in the middle of it. It's got this wall around it, so I'm not sure what you want to do with those, whether you want to stand on them or not, but it looks like it's straight out of the the Fellowship during Journey book terrain. They've grabbed the, the walls. And I think the idea is you just put it on a big board and, and mark off an area with it. The participants, so stay, sit back, sit down for a while. This might take a while. For good, we have Gandalf the White on Shadowfax. We have Peregrine, Guard of the Citadel. We have Beragond of Gondor. And for evil, we have Denethor, the steward of Gondor, because, of course, evil, why not? And three Citadel Guard. So this is fantastic. So we've got evil that are good models. It says in brackets, Denethor and his guards aren't really evil, of course, just misguided. But it's easier to assume they are for the purposes of this scenario. Well, we thank GW for pointing that yeah, out. Yeah, no, I'm glad they pointed that out, because yeah. I was really concerned that I... Like, I didn't know what was happening. It's like some of those scenarios where you have evil versus evil. So you have, like, the Haradrim versus Orcs, and the Haradrim is a good force. Yeah. Even though they're an evil force. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks again for explaining that, Kylie, as well. Because <laughs> if you didn't have the GW explanation, Kylie's explanation would have worked perfectly. It's really cleared up now. Absolutely clear. So then the layout, we've already talked about I've that. I've got more if you like. I can. Oh, we'll come to that in a moment. 
<laughs> I can't wait. So we have one door which cannot be closed. Cannot be closed for whatever reason. Probably a design floor, I imagine, having a door that can't be closed. But nevertheless, Faramir's pyre is in the center of the chamber. The starting positions. Denethor, you put in base contact with Faramir's pyre. Um, and Beragond is placed in contact with the door. So Denethor on the, in base contact with the pyre. On the pyre? I'm not sure. All other models base contact. Lord. Yes. Yeah, so so you stand him on top of the pyre, is that no, right? No, on, based on oh, the next ground. To, on the ground next to it. Yeah. yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Objectives to win. Good player must completely wipe out the evil force. So Denethor and the three Citadel guards before Faramir is burned. Any other result is an evil victory. So you've got to try and stop him burning. Makes sense. Broken man. Denethor is truly insane, so you don't have to do the broken mind special rule. I'm sure you guys talked about that in the last podcast at some point. Did. We so we know what that it. is. Ignore it. Ignore, Ignore it. it completely. That was a. I love scenarios of ignore rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good. Makes it all a waste of time. At the start of the fifth turn, he realizes that he's that he's being delayed, and he'll control his normal player. So basically, he doesn't do anything until the fifth turn. So he just stands there, wandering around, and then jumps into action. Dramatic arrivals, fantastic title. One Citadel Guard enters the board. <laughs> this is really dramatic. One, yeah, one Citadel, Citadel Guard. Guard. At the end, enters through the board, through the doorway yep. that cannot be closed. Yep, that one. At the end of every mo- evil move phase, Gandalf and Pippin enter the board through the doorway. At the end of the good player's fifth move phase. So that's quite a lot of turns yes, before you get quite them. quite a few turns, yeah. Newly arrived models may not charge but may otherwise act normally. Which is a bit of an interesting one because if the Citadel Guard are being evil models and doing the will of Denethor, are they actually acting normally or are they acting in out of character? That's a philosophical question. Mm. Anyway, the pyre. Denethor is awaiting his servants for the final preparation of the pyre and will not light it until they arrive. So, yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. In the move phase, Denethor can light the pyre automatically if he stood atop it, and there is at least one unengaged Citadel guard in base contact with it. So we made it so you have to do a jump test to get up, was it? That's mm-hmm. right, yeah. Yep, and be careful. I think we had it as a defended obstacle at one point, and that wasn't so good. It did not work out at all. It did not work out at all. It was too good. He beat down Gandalf and yeah. everyone else, yeah. So don't make it a defended obstacle, but yeah, do putting on top of it. Looks good as well. Mm. Maybe you could make a burning one. That would be really cool. With Faramir. Yeah, down. burning Faramir. Yeah, that would be a great model opportunity. So if there are no Citadel Guards, he can do it, but it takes a roll of a six. So no problem for you, Matt, but for the rest of us, that's tricky. Yep, if the absolutely. pyre is lit, the game ends at the end of the following turn. End of the following turn. So you've got a little bit of time to you get do. a draw. Yeah, you suddenly get a turn counter. Yep. But you look at the participants, you think Gandalf, Berrigon, and Pippin, not going to be a problem at all for the good no. side. But Gandalf's exhausted. So this is the way you bring him back down to Earth. He only has zero might, one will, and zero fate. And his staff's power is broken, so he does not gain a free will point. So he can do one spell, one spell for the whole game. Yeah, that's pretty tough. And yeah, usually, what, you target a Citadel Guard with it, you don't bother with Denethor because he's got the will to resist. Yeah, he's going to pass it almost all the time. Yeah, clutch compel is usually a good way to go. Yeah, the one compel. But he's got the shell of the horse, so he's he's actually a real combat beast. Yeah, for the scenario, absolutely. And Glamdring, so strength 5-5. Five, five. Strength 5. Yeah, so he can really knock out Citadel Guard, so... You probably as and a, Denethor. Yeah, as yeah. a Citadel Guard player, you want to try and knock out Pippin or Beragond early on before Gandalf gets in there. Oh, Pippin comes with Gandalf, doesn't he? No. A little bit earlier. A little bit earlier. Yep. 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 So, small game. The basic tactics, I guess, is that the Citadel Guard player wants to keep the Citadel Guard alive for as long as possible. They don't care about killing the good models. If they do, it's a bonus. But they're not that fussed. If you can kill Shadowfax, you're doing fantastically well. And keep Denethor alive. And then 
the the good player wants to go and and probably trap a Citadel Guard a turn for the first couple of times if possible, or put two heroes onto one and try and knock out a Citadel Guard a turn with Baragon and then throw everyone into Denethor and hope to knock him knock him off. We we've tried playing it a few different ways. Baragon's bow is really interesting. Yeah, how do you, you use can, the bow? You, you just use it normally, so. You know, do you bother? I, I've never bothered with it, really. I just we, we go tried into it out a few times. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it becomes a dice thing. I think more often than not, you just want to be chucking him into the combat and trying to knock something out. It's a one in four chance you'll get a kill. Yeah. Yeah, which isn't, isn't great. I prefer to go into combat because at least it's more decisive about it. And you've got your point of might you can use to boost up a combat. So you've got a bit better than one in four. It's not a huge much better, but it is a bit better than one in four. I have to apologise. Gandalf and Pippin do arrive together. Turn five. Okay, so you've got yep. Berrigond on his own. So he's, he basically wants to fight one Citadel Guard at a time. He doesn't want to fight more than one. So the bow, I guess, would work just to hold off and peg yeah, shots for can, a while. Yeah, if you can, you try and get him towards the end of yeah, the board Yeah, there's no reason to engage. Yeah. yeah, and then wait until Gandalf arrives to help out. Ideally, if you could draw the Citadel Guard away from the pyre, and then Gandalf and Pippin at the fifth turn could run through and try and take down Denethor. That can be the problem. If you, if you do not knock any Citadel Guards out before Pippin and Gandalf get there, suddenly they're all just around the pyre. They're blocking it off. Denethor's probably up on top. You're in a really tricky situation. And that's where you need your clutch compel to move one Citadel yeah. Guard and then maybe a heroic combat with Pippin. Yeah. With Gandalf supporting, of course. Like, it's a, the slingshot tactic. So it's what, about a 20-minute scenario. It's I like these scenarios that are only short because they you can play them multiple times. They're a good way to get people who haven't played a lot of scenarios into something totally wacky and different. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It, it goes so quickly that you, you can run it a few times in a row. You can swap sides. You can try a few different things, which we did. We did try a few different things with r- a limited success in uh, I think what you might no think might success work. would be a <laughs> better way of describing it. Yeah. Um, for, for experienced players, it can be a little bit samey after a while. There's only so much choices you can make, and a lot of it is down to the dice rolls. So I actually like it for a beginner versus experienced person scenario. Yeah. I think it's 75% down to the dice rolls. I think skill is very limited in this scenario. Well, there's only so many options you can do. Yeah, Yeah. with that few models. With with so few models with so limited resources able to boost, there's no way of changing the table or no, no way of changing the circumstances. So it's the same options over and over again that you can come out either from the left or from the right. So there's, yeah, it's... It's all down to the dice. I mean, I remember hearing once someone saying it's all about how high you can roll, how many sixes you can roll in the game. I think this is the epitome of that statement. But the the nice thing being 15 to 20 minutes long is you can do it four times in a row, rotate people in and out, and just see who can pull it off. And, and it's actually, that, that's part of the fun is just to see it over and over again. Best of 11 games, do something like that. We had a scenario day, and I think, um, Matt, you are playing it on my son's little little baby yes, table at one yeah. point. And that, with the little was, seat. Yeah, that with the little seat. That was, it looked really good. Perfect height. Yeah, and everyone was getting upset over it because you are pretty well undefeated on it. I was yeah, winning I'm every a li- single game. I'm a little bit concerned about Matt's, let's say, affection to uh, Jeremy's son's table. I won every game. It's clearly magic. Yeah, absolutely magic. Yeah, the, the Denethor on a six, easy. <laughs> So another another thing that I like about the scenario is sometimes you just get the craziest stuff happen. Sometimes the Citadel Guard will walk through the door and immediately get shot by Berrigond every single time. Sometimes Gandalf will come in, Denethor and the Citadel Guard will gang up and just take him down, will kill his poor horse, and Pippin and Berrigond will just stand there going, what just happened? 
Uh, all, all the crazy stuff can and does happen and over extended I do play. believe you managed to get the Kelvin Downfall with a stone once. Yes, I did. Because I drew a you stone at him and killed him. Because he couldn't reach him for combat because pretty little hobbits can only move four inches. So he went, you know what? I'm I was gonna out do of ideas and it worked. I'm going to do something crazy. And we're like, what, Matt? What are you crazy thing you're going to do? I'm going to throw a stone. And that, stone, I love that it, stone promptly hit and that stone promptly wounded. So I've I've put this board together. I made a little tiny board for it, and and I've got it set up. And because it's so little models, it's very portable. I would, if you want to get into scenarios, it's actually a really good one to start with. You don't have to stuff around too much. Most people have Gondor models. None of these models are particularly hard to get. That there's nothing rare about them. You paint whatever it is, eight models, seven models. What is it? Seven, 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 seven models. Yeah, yeah. maybe Gandalf oh, foot as well. Eight. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. The dismount. But they're all they're all worthwhile models. You're not going to get bored painting them. Like. Yeah, sure. are fantastic models, yeah. and and it's it's one blister of them. So, I, I I really like the scenario. I think it's well worth putting the time in. And if you if you're absolutely starting out scenarios, go for something like this because it's you can put it together with very little effort. And if you, it's all from the Gondor Force, so it's it's the start of a Gondor Force. It's exactly how I started out my Gondor Force. These were the models I painted first. So I'm planning on uh, building a little board for this. So yeah, that's really good. So are you guys going to wrap this up as we normally do with a thumbs up, thumbs down, or are you going to do some other secret way of doing this? How I'm just going to say this is brilliant. I don't think it needs... Okay, thumbs, thumbs up. up. It's just fantastic. Kylie doesn't like it. Thumbs down. Thumbs down for Kylie because she can't down. win it. Not complex enough and she can't roll enough. No, actually, I, I, I actually haven't won this scenario. I cannot oh, win this scenario. Not even once. I didn't win it once. Oh, no. Even even the one time when I managed to keep Baragond, Pippin, and Gandalf alive, managed to get them all charging onto Denethor, he beat them all back and lit the pyre on fire that time. I'm like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there's any way that you could scale this one up? Um, there is. There's a there's, there's one from scenario. Siege of Gondor where they yeah. have this, and then they have a whole six by four board with lots of yeah. Gondor troops. So you I have think to fight I actually troops. think this prior Denethor scenario is is like the love child, I guess, of that other scenario because in that scenario it takes Gandalf five turns to get from the starting deployment zone of the good side to the prior. And it pretty much happens the same way in that yeah, scenario with, really De- with Baragon defending the doorway. So, yeah. The only problem is that that scenario you also have to win with a Gondor force against a vastly superior orc force. But That's a fantastic question. I really like that because that's, I didn't think about that, but you're right. It is the, the straight scale up from the Siege of Gondor yeah. scenario. So I think it's the final one from that Siege of Gondor. Yeah. Campaign. Or rather, this is the scaled down version of that scenario. Yeah, yeah. right. But or was it the first one? No, it's just it was the last. It's one. the last one, and I think you really need to play it as a campaign because you get a couple of extra minister of warriors in that scenario, which is quite handy. Well, that's great to know that you can sort of build with this up to that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. So thanks for joining us once again, and as always, traps win games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.